thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome, pilots. You've tuned to the guard frequency, because as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 263 of the Best Damn Space Sim podcast ever, recorded on Friday, June 7th, and made available for download on Tuesday, June 11th, 2019, over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Jeff. I'm Henry. And I'm Tony. And this week's streaming services are brought to you by Hank's Discount DSL. Right, Jeff? That's right, Tony. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com, where the puns never stop. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at feeds.guardfrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything Friday nights, you should come join us around 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over at twitch.tv forward slash guardfreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, clicking on the Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you'll consider joining them because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on the big Patreon logo to help out. You can also help out the show by volunteering to edit us. That's right. Become an audio wizard like Mikey and Lennon and Will Hardy. And if you want to help us out, just give us a message over at discord.guardfrequency.com or reach out to us at squawk at guardfrequency.com. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to quiver a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping's done, so let's get to the show. What do we got in store this week, Jeff? In this week's flight deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest news from Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, and Infinity Battlescape. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDonough on Galactic Public Radio. After that, we continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins, regretting to inform you that your sons are dead because they were stupid. And finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. Speed 175, Port Bay, hands on approach, checker screen, call the ball. Don't get taken home with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. In Elite Dangerous, a lone commander took a stand against cheating in the driveway of Jameson Memorial by putting infinite shields on his beluga. In response, Frontier released another statement about recent hacking reports and it is slightly longer. And a couple of fun videos are making the rounds on the intertubes. Jeff has words to say about the 300 rework in Star Citizen. There's more news on the lawsuit. Spoiler alert, fights on. Infinity Battlescape has moved to early access on Steam with a projected release date of late 2019 and Stadia things were announced. So we covered Stadia a lot uh, a few episodes ago when it was first announced by Google, um, talked about it quite a bit, and they've updated it mostly on basically price and availability. 
availability is going to start at the end of this year, November, for kind of a first extra beta, like, you know, super beta period. Only the founders will get access during the November to approximately February or March timeframe, and then they'll roll it out to a wider audience. The first uh, people want to get in, it's going to cost you about 120 bucks, but you get the controller, you get a Google Chromecast, and you get the first dibs on naming. Uh, that's just pretty great. And you get a buddy pass. Naming what? So, naming. You're taking your screen name. Oh. Picking, picking a screen name. So if you wanted, you know, Leet Noob Killer 101, this, you, you need to pony up a hundred bucks to make sure that, you know, you can be that guy. But that one, that, uh, that's the, the, the value proposition. You pay 120 bucks or 60 bucks if you make your friend chip in. And so uh, then you get access to all this stuff. Your friend will not get the controller and the Chromecast, though. Apparently, you just get one of those. Uh, but they will get access, early access with you. So um, the Pro, after that, the Pro version of it will cost you $9.99 a month. And that means that's how you get access to the 4K super high-res screen content. Uh, content. Uh, if you don't pay it, you get 1080p. Which isn't bad. I mean, that's what you know. That's the sort of. So I get basic. to pay 120 bucks to become PK Exploiter. Yes, yeah, that sucks. I, I think yeah. it sucks because you're gonna pay for their hardware and then also pay for better service. Don't gateway everything, man. Oh We're buying God. your service. We're early adopters. I don't no, know. this is, they're just learning from everybody else. I mean, if you want to be in the early adopter group, the people pay more for that. I'm sure that they said they're only selling limited quantities, and it's probably based on how much hardware they think they can deliver by November. So, you know, I mean, it's uh, they'll probably sell out. I mean, uh, I think there's probably enough people interested to at least give it a try. But yeah, that's uh, that's that's their pricing model. It's free to everybody unless you want the high resolution stuff. If you want in early, it'll cost you 120 bucks, and their model is going to be you pay for the game. If uh, at, at whenever you want it, the the people with the pro membership, the ten dollar month membership, will get access to a limited library of you know free games, promotional games that they'll I'm sure curate and pick uh, and do deals with developers on to to get those uh, uh, games on, on to those customers. Do we know if those games will be yours permanently, or if you'll play them for a certain amount of time and then they'll uh, they'll lock up again? Well, they'll, they're yours for as long as Google decides to run the service, and we had that discussion too. So, I mean, they're, they're you're your games, but um, you know they're locked to Stadia. So, you know, you're not going to get your own downloaded copy to your own hard drive. It's you know the the draw of this service is that you don't have to do that. All that is taken care of for you at at Google's uh, data center. Well, at least you can be sure that Google doesn't just close services. So if you buy your games there, you can be sure you'll have them for years. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be bequeathing them to my children. Right. I'll say, and my Google Play account shall go to James and, you know, that kind of thing. So, I mean, it's, uh, sure, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, you can even have that will reading over Google Hangouts. Oh, wait. I, oh, wait. <laughs> I guess you can't. No, you can't. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, and they've well, got, they've announced you, some of the titles. You could, oh. go, you could go to Google Plus. I mean, it, it's a great little spot. I used to use it all. The, oh, wait. Oh, wait. You can't yes. do that either. Yet another one bites the dust. Uh, but it, uh, you can, uh, they do, they have announced a slate of games for it. One of the big announcements was Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, they're announcing that that's not coming to Stadia. And one of the things I was worried about was that there might have a lot of exclusives. It doesn't appear at this point that they're making people leave other platforms or not offer it uh, through other channels like console or PC. So at least they're on the list of games, they said they only had one or two exclusives, and I didn't recognize them or they weren't any big deal. 
So, uh, but in any, all the games that I was rec- looking for, like Borderlands 3 and uh, Baldur's Gate 3, they weren't tagged as exclusive. So it seems like Google is pretty open about their development platform so far, and it's they're not pulling an epic uh, hmm. at this point. Uh, so, uh, and in any event, uh, that's kind of the news. People have opinions. They haven't done much to address the rural-urban divide, like we talked about, you know, the differences in internet speeds. A lot of press going around sort of thinking that Google is sort of shooting themselves in the foot uh, by not addressing these things up front. Uh, and someone put out a little calculation that if you're playing in HD, you will burn through a terabyte in 65 hours. You'll have used a terabyte of data on your you know cable or DSL plan, whatever you've got, in 65 hours of gameplay. That seems a little excessive. Yeah, I don't know, man. With net neutrality being what it is, I don't know that that's going to be something that uh, ISPs are going to love. No, they are not. They are not going to love that at all. And if you thought Netflix uh, had trouble with their backbone communication providers, oh boy. Oh, that, oh that, boy. that would be me. I'm one of them, yeah. <laughs> I got to say, when Jeff was talking about these concerns before, I thought, nah, it's probably not. I don't get it. You know, maybe not. I, I think they'd have that handled. But it seems like everybody shares Jeff's concerns. I was reading a Gizmodo article that was very, very similar to what Jeff was talking about when we first brought up Stadia. Um, yeah. It's just probably not going to be a good experience for enough people to make it awesome. I still think it's going to be cool. One headline I saw was like, uh, you know, uh, Google Stadia announces uh, Google announces Stadia thirty years early, something like that. Ah, Just, that's a great headline. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, but I mean, it's like the technology. It's it's well, the technology should work, but it's just not. We don't have the scale of delivery yet. Well, you know what's going to happen? There's that they're going to bundle this with uh, mobile carriers with their five G advertisements. Yeah. And, yeah, you're probably right. And uh, you know, this is how uh, they're going to sell this because. Uh, they'll not get enough people in uh, involved in the uh, beginning, and then they'll go to the phone carrier and say, hey, you guys are doing 5G. Yeah, but we're not doing 5G for another five years, and they're going to, you know... Um you know, try to bundle it like, they, well. like Netflix is doing with T-Mobile and Verizon's yeah. doing with uh, uh, DirecTV or whatever. You know, so yeah. uh, it, it's, you know, I'm still... I I haven't changed my mind about this uh, stuff. Yeah, probably right. No, that makes a good, that makes a lot of sense. But anyway, uh, another little bit of news: uh, Infinity Battlescape. We've been kind of keeping an eye on that. They've now moved to early access on Steam. The release date is late 2019, nice and vague, as as it should be, as 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 good game developers should be, nice and vague. But uh, they've got some new uh, promo videos out there. Henry said you were looking at a couple of them, like, but not in their entirety. Yeah, it's like every video they put out is super long, and and I skimmed through some of that, and I've um, you know I've looked at some of it, but it, it looks like a great game. It just looks like there's a lot of investment there and i'm so invested in elite and star citizen already i feel like what does it offer that's new you know what i mean what does it offer that's yeah. different they that's have better. a shorter they have a shorter trailer on their early access page i've seen that contains, too yeah but they have like one they have like yeah one. and and it contains a lot of voiceover and stuff that i don't think that they're going to have in the actual game so it's not it doesn't feel like a real game experience it shows you the kind of the art assets and and it looks good it does look good it looks good i just yeah, don't know it that it looks good. unique and i'm trying to figure out what's right. different about it that pulls me in well, hopefully we'll find these things out during the early access period. Yeah. There was no buy button on the page, which kind of confused me, but it could be that there are still wanting to go through the website to, to actually purchase early access. But it's, it's out there now. Uh, you can search for it on Steam now and, and have uh, access to their updates and things like that. So go check it out if you're interested in that. 
Well, moving on, we'll talk about Elite Dangerous for a little bit here. Uh, some some fun and games and shenanigans happened. Uh, so we talked about the hacking, uh, cheating stuff that had been going on recently. Well, somebody uh, took it upon themselves to demonstrate to the world exactly what's going on by parking his beluga in the mail slot and turning on infinite shields. And then letting the station guns and the cops wail away at him and blocking traffic in and out. Causing damage and causing the destruction of several players who had to have rebuys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it was it was a it was a cluster. It truly was. Yeah. It was it was bad news. There's a difference between peaceful pro. I mean, you could have a peaceful protest and you can have a mm. protest that sucks and causes damage. I don't think that was cool because he was messing up players that were trying to play. Yeah, they could always log out and get back in solo, but if they just logged in, launched, and tried to leave, they're gonna die. Yeah. There's nothing they can yeah. do. Um, yeah, it, it you you have to you have to do something that is frowned upon. I mean, you could call it combat logging if you could, but I don't think that Frontier or anybody would look at that if you, if the thing is blocked by somebody who's cheating. I I don't think anybody would call it combat logging if you logged out. Yeah, you absolutely uh, should combat log in that case. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, uh, I think that's I think that's true. But well, but, you know, there's there's also there's something to be said about peripheral awareness. You know, there you know if you yeah. log log into the game and you're going, hmm. Somebody is up there shooting. I, I mean, if you're not already on the surface, if you're like in the hangar because you just got done outfitting or whatever, you right. wouldn't know. You'd hit the launch button, you'd slide out, you move up, and then what the hell? Not only that, you'd expect it there. to be cleared in a second because that's what the yeah. station guns are for. That's why we have these crazy homicidal "don't park here, we'll murder you" laws in 3304. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why we have those. Right. That's why traffic enforcement is literally a death sentence. That's that is this is exactly why. So this is it. It was uh, like Henry saying, not a harmless prank because people did have did have to visit the rebuy screen. And, and I would Frontier uh, customer service is good enough that I think if any of those people emailed them, they'd get their their cash back or whatever. Um, but uh, the, it it was a, a very good illustration of how this hack cheat whatever can strike at some of the very fundamental assumptions about the game. And once somebody with an Imperial Cutter did shove the guy out of the slot, uh, he did manage to to boost him out of there before the station guns turned on him, on the Cutter. Uh, so he got him out of there. And then the the, the cops started wailing on him. The ATR uh, SWAT team wailed on him too. Nothing. And he just waked away. He just waked out. He just jumped out from a standstill because usually you have to boost up to 80% of throttle or better. And fly for a little bit to get your speed up, and then you can jump. The guy, the guy just jumped from standing still. So that, that's also one of the reported features of the of the hack. So um, it shows how you would quote teleport from one place to another. You know, if you just jump from a standing start. So uh, yeah, so that guy uh, demonstrated uh, pretty clearly how this stuff is game breaking. And in response, uh, Frontier wrote a longer, sternly worded letter. Uh, on the forums about how this is we are working very diligently and this is simply not going to be accepted and you shouldn't do this and don't publicize how these things work didn't that guy get banned yes he got banned did he oh yeah the, 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 he got that's banned. what i heard too the beluga guy got banned yeah i got a i got a uh a, a, a text message actually about it uh, it was breaking news on uh, uh their discord channel so oh okay well i mean that's good 
Was it a perma band or just a band of solo? Uh, it was a, a perma band, and he was instructed. He he was instructed to contact uh, Frontier about um, what he can do to uh, get reinstated. Okay, so maybe he's got a path back because it was a, a protest, and it was kind of a jerk move. But he did, he did, he did it as a protest, and I think everybody was kind of having fun with it because I yeah. watched Twitch video of it happening. And everybody yeah. seemed to be having fun with the thing. They kind of got what was happening. They were playing yeah. with it at one point. So there was problems, yeah. but it was it was kind of in good uh, well, fun. Well, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier. It, it is going to create a burden on their customer service department because anybody that got blown up in the mail slot is going to want a refund. And, and Frontier's track record of, of these such things is, yes, they would. And unfortunately, what it'll do is just spawn copycats of other people who think that, well, not just Jameson Memorial for protest. Let's go block... Uh, uh, Denver Station and stay Anseith. away from Anseith. Yeah, we just got yeah, done man. making it great again, man. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> don't don't come here and do that. Uh, but I mean, but that's that's it, it does create a burden for the company, and so they would uh, just as a company, you want to conserve your assets and put your resources to good use, and this is a waste of everybody's time if that guy spawns copycats, which he will. Um, but this just goes this further underlays the point we talked about a couple weeks ago. We're not entirely sure. I'm not entirely sure that they can, that they have the technical capability at this point to capture cheating in close to real time. Like, if that guy hadn't have been on Twitch and everybody taking video of him, Frontier might not have really known that this happened. You see, that's the thing I'm thinking about is this is the guy I know that's been banned for it. And the one guy. Right. So it's like, <laughs> they're like, see, we're getting all of them. We yeah. got it. And it, that was a, that was that was a, a, a line in their in their uh, 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 letter is that well we're keeping very good track of this and we can tell you for sure it's just a tiny fraction of the player base just a tiny it's like so are those the people you know about or is do you have a way to look at the player base as a whole it's, and they also say we review all the reports very carefully like is that only because you get a a dozen or so of these things and you just don't know about everybody else that's doing it? Or did you get video of it and you actually saw this and happening and, and therefore you had proof? Yeah. Or do yeah. you just look at it when it's a huge public thing and everybody has evidence of it and you go, oh, I gotta ban that dude. <laughs> See, this we is, my, this is like radi- a bunch more of them, but I'm gonna ban yeah. him too. Yeah, so so this is my finger on my nose and my other finger pointing at Henry. This is radio so you can't see that, but you know, bing, 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 Henry right there. Yeah, it's uh, someone. Someone got noticed doing this and made a big stink about it and put it up on the Reddit's and did an interview with a with a YouTube guy, uh, Commander Plater. Um, and so you know he you know it became a big deal. So now we have to get that guy. We yeah we have to we have to make an example of that guy. Uh, and but Frontier, of course, being a pretty good company, they are to get in touch with us and we'll tell you how you can get back in our good graces. So is the creator of this hack any? Is it monetized? I don't believe so. No, uh, I don't think so. Because they, because then they could really go after the after the hack. But yeah, and and the and honestly, I'm, you know, this is you're getting into a whole bunch of different areas here, especially if people are doing it on the down low and only in solo or only in a private group, and they're not messing around in open. I mean, again, how would my question is? I, my question for Frontier, and I think that the community deserves an answer of this, is can you monitor this in real time or close to real time, like after someone docks and their file gets uploaded, right? After someone logs off and that file gets transferred to the server as the save state, 
can you detect that cheating at least that quickly? You know, maybe you can't do it in well in real time because it's a peer to peer service and that all happens in the uh, client's computers, right? All the the shots trading and the shield monitoring, all that stuff happens at the client level. Um, can you at least see it when they log off? And is there a process in place to to do that? No, we can't tell you because then they'll find then people will find out how we're finding the cheating. You know what? At this point, it's a big enough problem that the rest of the community needs to know how this happens so that we can observe it and report it. You know, because some guy sitting in a in, a, in the mail slot taking fire from every station gun and the cops. Okay, that's relatively obvious. But if it's somebody who who drops in, who interdicts someone, ganks you strips your shields and blows you up and then runs away and you know you're, you're sent to the rebuy screen you have no way to know whether that is a legit strong engineered build or somebody who's got the superpower hack on you'll never know so will you report that guy for cheating well maybe you do but then it's a false report because you can do that with a strongly engineered uh, ship also so I, I think we are owed, I think we we need more I'm not going to say we're owed more because Frontier can do whatever they want it's just it's whether or not they want a game that's legendary for people cheating at. They can do whatever they want to it. But I think it would behoove them to say, here's how you can detect cheating in Elite Dangerous and uh, tell the difference between a false report and a really good engineer ship. Well, I, I just, I, I think that more and more people are, are, are going to see this and, and uh, eventually the whole game's going to be hacked. I mean, you know, eventually you're gonna you're, you're not gonna want to play elite because uh, one you don't have the hack and don't care to to go through the process of hacking, and then two everybody else is doing it. So yeah, it, it's uh, they they need to come out and demonstrate uh, that either they, they either need to come out and demonstrate that they can get a handle on this in near real time, or they need to enlist the help of the player base to say. We need your help to get the to get rid of these people and punish them. Here's what to look for, and and tell us exactly how we can determine ourselves whether it's a cheat or whether it's a, a, a legit engineered build. So that, that there needs to be some guidance here, more than just a, we're being very diligent working on this. Yeah, we sure, and that's why you do you're reacting the way you are. I mean, it ain't ringing true. You were working so, on carriers too. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and uh, it, it, it's it's not it's not a good look for them right now, and uh, they 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 need to do they need to do a little better at this point in, in my in my humble extremely humble opinion, always humble, uh, but that's it's not it's not just not just doom and gloom around here. There's some fun community videos that have been going around. Uh, Henry, you saw one that you you particularly enjoyed. Oh yeah, the uh, uh, walkthrough video. There are some actually mm-hmm. really good, uh, like block interior videos that this same guy did but now and and we've talked about them a little bit but now there's a video of you actually walking up to your sidewinder going inside your sidewinder walking around the cargo area where your optional slots are going up steps into your little cabin it's pretty neat the cabin is a little little small and disappointing but i think in a a tiny sidewinder it makes sense (laughs) yeah it's uh, it's better than something like you'd see in a sleeper in a semi-truck but it's it's not much better than that. <laughs> no, no, but not much. But remember, you do have an SRV tucked in the bottom of it, right? And room for cargo. I mean, it's, yeah, you know, yeah. Side there's a whole a working ship. You know, yeah, yeah. There's it's a it's a cool ship. It's really yeah. neat inside, and it gives you a sense of the scale. You know, it gives you a real sense of the scale. And with the rumored uh, uh, inclusion of space legs that's supposed to be coming, um, this it shows that even on the sidewinder, 
it's possible to fit all the stuff that you're supposed to be able to mount on it in a relatively uh, uh, proportionate scale to what you would think would be correct for human size scaling up to spaceship size. So, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, there's some, it's great. It's a great walkthrough. He's got other things where you don't walk through them, but he shows where all the parts would mount, you know, a size two shield generator would go here. Your size three cargo bay would go like this. He does it for the hauler sidewinder the eagle. The eagle. eagle is fascinating because it's so small seeming, mm-hmm. but it's yep. not so small. None of these are small. Yeah. The, I mean, it's, you get a better sense of the scale. Yeah. You really do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's pretty cool. And I saw, also saw a, uh, a, a video, uh, Obsidian Ant featured, uh, I think, a piece of this is uh, uh, a Thargoid fight uh, with the Anti-Xeno Institute. Uh, a husband and wife team, apparently. Husband flies and the wife works the camera. And it's everything that I thought the camera suite could do. Really? But it's the first, But it's the first time that I, I saw somebody fully taking advantage of it. Because um, you do, you do need to, you do need to have two people. You do have to have somebody to fly and somebody to to work the camera. Hmm. And it's the best use of multi crew that I have ever seen ever. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, this it, it multi crew is kind of useless in my opinion at this point. It doesn't work really. I think the best as it could or should. It's but a gimmick. Whole, it's something to do. It's yeah, but but the but the. The camera work is is a clear use case. You got somebody with uh, somebody's pointing the ship where it needs to go, and then you have somebody who's uh, outside the ship uh, pointing the camera as the as the ship goes with it. It it's just fantastic. Check out Obsidian Ants video uh, to get the link for it. And uh, it's the it's Burr. Hang on, I'll, actually I'll I'll say it out loud. I've got we've got it here in the Discord, and it's good enough that I really just highly encourage everybody. The Burr Pit is the YouTube channel. B-U-U-R, The Burr Pit. And it's just just magic. Really great. Uh, highly recommend you check that out. And speaking of the leaks, I wanted to mention this too real quick. They're seeming to be more confirmed. It's uh, yet another release that was focused on uh, Jurassic World. Turned out to be a correct prediction their new download pack or whatever they're doing over there uh, was correctly predicted by the same guy. So that original leak that said we're getting space legs and bases seems to be legit. It's, it's gaining legitimacy, and there's another another pebble on the side of the scale uh, that'll tip it towards legitimacy. Uh, I am of the opinion that it's not actually a leak, but it's a hack, uh, because this is the sort of stuff that you would maybe email to your uh, licensing partner and unless there's some real good communication security and secrecy there, it, it, it this is uh, something that's leaving front the front the company frontier, right? It's it's it would be a communication to another entity outside or another person outside frontier. So there's a more opportunity for something to be intercepted or for someone's Gmail account to get hacked because you're not doing internal company emails and stuff. So I I strongly suspect that if we if something if something comes out of that and uh, sees the light of day, we're going to find out that there was a hack, and it's somewhere between Frontier and a licensing partner like Universal doing uh, Jurassic Park stuff. So, I think that makes more sense than somebody's friend giving that it to them, does, which is what the story is. Yeah, the story is he was an artist. That that never rang true for me. The artist wouldn't have a roadmap like that. He would be told, hi, we're going to have some new assets in a few months, and you've got six weeks to do this project and six weeks to do this project. Get her done. We'll review. Have a, we'll have a meeting in three weeks and see where you're at. And what would be his uh, what would be the point in him releasing that that hurts his company and his yeah. potential product? Spoiling right. surprises he's working on. 
It makes no sense. And it potentially exposes the company to liability because you're not supposed to give forward-looking statements without a whole bunch of disclaimers and stuff about how it may affect stock prices and blah, 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 Mm. blah. That's that's another reason why publicly held companies are very loath to release information until they're really, really sure that they can deliver on the products because – if it's a blockbuster thing, it might move stock prices, and if you don't deliver, then you could have been intentionally shorting the stock, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, it never made sense that it was somebody's friend. Is there a legal no. angle to everything? Most things, yes. That's sad. Most things. You'll come live in my head. This is what this is what happens in my brain, right? Oh, let's, let's play a fun video game. But wait a minute, there may be intellectual property implications of that. Yeah, come, come live in my brain for a while. Yeah, you see what, you see what it's like. And finally, moving on to Star Citizen, Jeff has some uh, some thoughts to share with us about the 300i rework, uh, which just recently went into the the wide release. It's out to everybody now, isn't it? It is out on PTU. In fact, I was in uh, looking around and, ch- and checking it out. I loaded into one of my hangers and and uh, got in and played with it. Uh, it's funny because uh, damage states were were loaded in, and I. There's a one of the lights was sparking over the bed and and uh, there was smoke coming out of one of my my interior vents and it was like what this is like uh, some what like homeless guys get in there and yeah, have a party and get invited or something I guess <laughs> again what <laughs> oh you said I guess okay um, uh, so uh, I I gotta say that the rework looks great I mean the the ship really stands out it looks fast um i mean it was an awesome ship uh to begin with i've got a 350r and uh and it 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 really is um it it really is sporty looking and and uh uh, great i I had a a question about that i had a question yes The, the 350 is the twin engine one right yes it is the twin engine one and the way they and this is one of my it's not as definitive as it used to be in the old uh, model, yeah uh, uh, because the uh, uh, exit or the exports or whatever I mean whatever you want to call them um, is the same design it's the same polygon shape oh the exhaust ports yeah, yeah. the exhaust ports uh, and uh, with with the uh, with the uh, three hundred to the three twenty fives, it's in one single stream out the exhaust port. With right. the three fifty, it's it's two individual streams out. But the 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 uh, so the overall shape is is the same on on all models. So along with the rework, and I'm going to get into this here a little bit. Uh, along sure. with the rework in a pre in a in a pre alpha game. Where they're, what they're doing now is they're letting you make some modifications to your purchase ship uh, right. at, at, at cost, at some cost. Right. Now, in, in Frontier, now I have a cutter, and I, mm-hmm. I've, I've bought skins for it, and I've, you know, sure. and, and made some little tweaks to it. At, you know, a buck here, a couple bucks there. Right. But, but this is a pre-alpha game, guys. Charging me a dollar or two just to change the material and the and the and the bed sheets is a little extreme in my thinking. But not only that, because I have a 350R, I get to buy, spend twenty-two dollars upgrading the components in this thing that I thought I was buying a grade A top-of-the-line racing ship to begin with. 
So what? Oh the- yeah, right. Yeah, you thought you paid the premium when you bought this version, right? So what yeah. the heck am I buying here? Come on. Well, Jeff, you did buy it years and years ago. Right. That's beside the point. Well, but they need more money to finish the game. I'm sorry. I mean, the, uh, Brian's not here. Brian's not here. I know. Brian's not us, here to, to tell, us. tell us why it's a good thing. Your right, experience tell- is actually enhanced by giving more money. <laughs> you feel more invested, Jeff. Don't you? No, don't, no does, I don't. <laughs> I feel I feel taken. I mean, and, no. and the sad, money, and the better sad, And the sad thing is, come payday, <laughs> I will probably spend the twenty-two dollars to upgrade my ship. Because oh, Jeff, there are gotcha. hotlines for people with addictions like that. <laughs> yes, they do. Eight hundred numbers. This, here, this is you know, this is ridiculous. Hundred percent agree. Can't hundred percent agree. Can't dance it dead. Anyway, but those are the. But it looks good. But it looks good. Though, look, right? Yeah, the rework is great. It looks and good. I, and I, I look, applaud the art. The artists and all every everybody behind it um, that that really made this look really awesome. And the six hundred third count sheets also are yeah. great. I want to ask you a question. This is a and and I I watched a bunch of it, but I, I get the numbers wrong. Um, this is the one where they just reworked it. So now the interior, like you walk through your cabin and then you walk straight kind of down into the cockpit area, and it's like open all the way through, right? It's like it's a narrow. Open from the it's so it, it's a okay, it's a single. Um, they did redo the cargo too, so you got more cargo space. But I didn't um, see that. But I'm talking about the living area. How do you feel about yeah. it being like open to the cockpit? It's you fine because cool? there's, it's a one it's a one person ship. Really, there's only one seat. There's one bed and one toilet. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I kind of get it. I just feel like being a luxury ship, they would there would be it's like not a door. Really not a luxury ship. It's no, a utility. I mean, it's a racer, it's, I guess. It, it's a utility ship. It's fancy. Uh, Let me put it that uh, way. It's fancy. Know, it's high end. It, it, if you were, I imagine this thing being in in long distance uh, enduro races. Imagine that, uh, where you would, you know, you would race a leg of a uh, of a sector or what or or a course, and then you would, you know, take a rest period and then continue on with the race. I mean, the three fifty R is pretty much a, a racing ship, even though it's 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 even though it's armed. But um, who, who wants to be in space unarmed, right? <laughs> when I look at the interior of it, I get a different vibe from that interior than I do when I think what you're describing. When I look at the interior of this, I feel more like it's like a really high-end, like everything looks really nice inside. When I think of what you're describing, I think of the interior of my crate. It's stripped down. You can see wires. It's as light as it can be. No. No, no, I don't think that's origins. I don't think that's origins. Uh, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's a not. brand. Yeah, yeah, it's a brand. It's a brand. Um, it's brand. I just thought it was interesting that it was open like that. I just thought it was a cool design, kind of interesting. I don't know if yeah. I like it. I don't hate it. I don't know if I. No, I, I, I might like, like it. it. Like I don't I said, know. It's just interesting to me. I don't know. I, I like it. And uh, who wants a bulk? And who wants a heavy bulkhead in between there? I mean, uh, really, be, I, I think it's fine being open. Maybe it just like feels that. unique. It's just different. I do like it. I guess I do. I had to think about it. <laughs> the evolution of Henry's opinion right there in front of you folks. That was radio. <laughs> I watched it briefly love, and I was I love, like, man, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I, I get well, it. All right. Uh, so I uh, want to take the rest of our time here to give you another update. So uh, la- when last we talked about the lawsuit, uh, Crytek was sort of uh, on the ropes a little bit judge wasn't real pleased uh cig's lawyers weren't real pleased about the lack of uh attention to settlement talks uh and uh, and asked for asking for another extension 
uh, for their bond uh, reply where CIG asked him to put a, a pony up at $2 million uh, or else go home. Uh, so uh, lots lots happened uh, in the ensuing time, in the, in the week since we've spoken, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Skadden Arps, the hotshot white shoe law firm that Crytek hired, is out. Goodbye, sir. We do not require your services any longer. They're gone. And in their place is a little firm out of Overland Park, Kansas. So spoiler alert, I'm already biased. Uh, but Overland <laughs> Park is a is a is a suburb of Kansas City, and I'm in Wichita, so you know we're not that close. So you well, didn't get it just because you do this show? Like they hired, yeah. they've been listening to you, and they hired you, but no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. No, no, no. They, they would. They would never. Well, they might take me because I, I know the case pretty well. But anyway, no. But I, I don't do that part. I don't do that kind of law. So I would. I would not be a. Not be a good fit, but anyway, these people are though. I think it's Elise IP. I think is the name of the of the uh, firm. Uh, they are uh, uh, IP experts. Uh, they've they've done a lot of uh, they've done work for Garmin, the uh, GPS company. Did some work for Ubisoft. So they're they're you know they're qualified. They're not Scadden Arps, you know the global uh, striding long reach white shoe firm, but they're sharp. And I know this because I read their filing, and oh goodness, oh my, yeah, that this there they came out swinging. They came out swinging. And I used an analogy last week about how uh, Crytek was on strike two with this judge. Uh, they've retired that batter. That batter got benched, and this new batter came up and took a chop at the ball that went over uh, went over the plate. And I think made solid contact. So let me just uh, go through a couple of things real quick. Uh, first of all, uh, hashtag Tony was wrong. Uh, Tony was wrong in that uh, Crytek is not bored of this case or giving up because their slam dunk uh, thing got knocked out in the motion to dismiss. Oh, quite the contrary. Quite the contrary. Uh, because hashtag Tony was right about how Crytek is really in this for blood. They're not in this for money. How do I know? Because they say in their filing, quote, Crytek is fairness-driven, not money-driven, and if fairness ultimately means nothing more than stopping CIG in its tracks because monetary relief is not available, that would meet Crytek's objectives. End <laughs> quote. Wow. So... I think the explanation for why Crytek has not been forthcoming with a settlement figure is because they're telling CIG there's not really a price tag for this. We're just we're just after you. So maybe if you've offered us a big enough pile of money to go away, you guys offer us a big enough pile of money to go away because we know you have a big pile of money now because you told everybody about the big pile of money you have. Make us an offer. Maybe we'll consider it, but we... We just want you to do a bunch of stuff for us or we'll shut you down. So, yeah. yeah. So, ouch. Uh, so, that was that was step one. I'm like, oh, oh, my. Oh, gracious. Here's step two. Ortwin strikes again. Uh, I've, what is he, I've a partner at this new law firm? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's a good one, though. That's, that's good. That's good. No, but Ortwin strikes again because – and this is – this I – one of the things that I get a lot of satisfaction about when I when I do law things is I find something that the other side has said and I just hook them with it, just just nail them to the wall with it. 
Ortwin, in one of his declarations, said the following, quote, Amazon granted CIG a license to use in Star Citizen and Squadron 42, not only Lumberyard, but also the version of CryEngine that was then embedded in the game's source code, end quote. Now, that might just seem like legalese and whatnot and kind of things like this, but you have to remember, Crytek gave CIG the license to use CryEngine back in 2012. And then the story, CIG story is, is that, well, we stopped using CryEngine and are now using Lumberyard, which has CryEngine embedded in it. Well, hold on a second. The license agreement you got from Crytek said that you got an extra, it's two years. This, 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 This thing survives two years after you stop using the engine. So if you're still using the version of CryEngine that was embedded in the game's source code, you're still under the GLA, so and that's that's in. what that's what that's what we in the business call an admission. The, using their own your own part the party's own words against them. Now there's still now let me back off here just a little bit. There's still wiggle room here. You can there's going to be some wiggle room. But well, Ortwin's a lawyer. He's not really a computer programmer. This is not exactly an accurate statement. What it really means is that Lumberyard has included within it CryEngine code, but it's no longer cry text cry engine code because it's fully and completely licensed to Amazon and Amazon can give that hat to everyone blah 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 etc cetera, et cetera. there's legalese here that 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 might be sorted out but the problem is it's going to re- rely on a factual inquiry as to what got licensed and when and by who and what's actually in the game now and if there's a factual dispute, that means discovery. And if there's discovery, that means depositions and getting people under oath and going through people's computer stuff. So this is an own goal delivered by Ortwin once again. So, ouch. At least it ouch. shouldn't slow down development in any way. This can't possibly, like, hinder that. Oh, but it could. Yeah, but it, it could. But it could. But um, the, the next thing I really like is... Um, uh, and the next really good lawyer trick that I liked here is commas. The lowly comma. The lowly and insignificant comma until you make a big deal about it by saying things like, you forgot a comma in your quote CIG and leaving that comma in there is super important because, quote, this is quoting from the game license agreement, for the avoidance of doubt, the game does not include any content being sold and marketed separately, comma, and not being accessed through the Star Citizen game client. For example, a Fleet Battle RTS sold and marketed as a separate standalone PC game that does not interact with the main Star Citizen game, as opposed to an add-on or DLC, end quote. And what this means is that if you take that comma out, you say, does not include any content being sold and marketed separately and not being accessed through the Star Citizen game client. You mush that all together, and it sounds like, well, we're not, you don't, we're not covering anything that's, uh, not being sold and accessed through Star Citizen. So, like, if you you can sell and market it separately, as long as you the only way you can get to it is through the Star Citizen client. But if you put that com in there, that means you, if you sell and market it separately, and not access it through the Star Citizen client. If you any either one of these things, it doesn't. The game license covers both of these scenarios: one where you sell and market it separately, and the scenario in which you. Uh, access it through Star Citizen separately, or not access it through Star Citizen. So by selling and marketing Squadron 42 separately, that's one of the things that's not covered by the license, according to the comma. Hmm. 
so this is like so now all of a sudden there's a there's an actual factual dispute here. Ah, so has what they've done here does that qualify as selling and marketing it separately? Again, yeah, it does. Factual dispute. It? I think factual it really dispute. Does. Well, factual, factual dispute. dispute meaning it can obviously be figured out, right? Yeah, yeah, because you, they did do that, right? Well, but you have to. That's what you need discovery for. It's like, well, so let's find out if there if it is possible via their you know via their marketing or their packaging or however. Is it going to be possible for the people to do get into Star Citizen separately? May not we may not know that yet. This may not be able to develop it. But have they sold and marketed it separately? And that's something where you would go into their emails and say, "Let's sell and market this separately." Yeah, <laughs> that's like, "Hey, it's time we split these games up." Yeah, we should get, we should, we should, we should make it clear that they're different SKUs and people can buy the one without the other. Send. Yeah, I mean. That's the stuff where you need to have discovery to find out what, what were you doing. What's the what's the corporate policy and the intent? So well, that again, intent's always been from the beginning. I mean, if you go back far enough, where Squadron Forty Two is always a separate game from Star Citizen. It's always been clear. But is it sold? In, but remember, remember, longer ago, the farther back you go, the more the games were tied together. It was like you're going to play Squadron Forty Two first, and then you're going to graduate from that to Star Citizen. Now there may be a way that you could not have to play Squadron Forty Two, right? You could just skip it, right? You could just not play the Star Citizen scenario and just jump right into the Persistent Universe, right? If you didn't want to, yeah. it was optional, right? Yeah. But you got it when you bought the Star Citizen game. You got Squadron Forty Two, and if right. you wanted the perks and the medals well, or whatever, I don't think those you're actually buying Star Citizen. I think I think if not, you, yeah, you are. No, I, I yeah, you are. No, you're. <laughs> See, we have a dispute, Jeff. A factual dispute. I we should look, do some discovery. If if when I I was in fact I was looking back through my hangar and it said uh, everything in there didn't say access to Star Citizen. It said Squadron Forty Two uh, um, game when I uh, on my early package. So this is the kind of thing that would be, you know, relevant in discovery. You know what? What I think you're just getting. Uh, I think you're getting. You're buying the 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 game uh, Wing Commander, and as a bonus, or not Wing Commander, um, Squadron Forty Two, yeah. and as a bonus, you're getting um, uh, uh, access to Star Citizen. Jeff, we've been covering we've been covering this for nearly six, you know, five six years now, and we're not sure. So these Johnny Come Latelys in the lawsuit really don't know. So they have to do some discovery and figure it out. So and finally, they go through a whole bunch of stuff that it's all these things that Crytek after are what's called equitable relief. The judge or the court orders somebody to do something, not necessarily pay money, but do something like uh, being returned to the splash screen. Uh, taking down bug smashers videos, uh, uh, and the big the big one here is uh, the delivery of the bug fixes that CIG said. Well, we sent those to them, so that they can take that out of the complaint now. Crytek said, "Well, we you didn't do that till we filed the lawsuit, so I guess we won that one." So that goes in a win column for us. Yeah, you got that that one count dismissed on the motion to dismiss, but you sent the bug fixes after we filed the lawsuit. Oh, so admitting score, that you didn't do what you're supposed yeah, to. The score is tied now, isn't it, boys and girls? The score is tied now, so it's not it's not one it's not zero one in favor of CIG. It's one one, isn't it? So they're making the point to the judge that it's not nearly as one sided as uh, as they think it is. 
but but they've they've uh, the, the, the the review of the facts shows that it's a lot closer than what CIG says that it is. Finally, the best part of this is that they point out that the two million dollar bond is conspicuously close to the limit the limit of monetary liability that's in the contract of uh, 1.85 million euros, which translates out to about 2.3 million dollars, which is awfully close to the 2.1 million dollars CIG said that this case was going to cost. So the lawyers are throwing shade on here like, how did they pull that number? Where did that number come from? Because remember what I said, it's really hard to estimate these things going in, especially with as early as we are in the case. It's hard to tell how much the case is going to cost, especially one of this size and, and length. And the other guys are like, number one, different lawyers now. So, you know, that all, all that stuff, all those estimates and things, you thought you're going to get up against Skadden Arps. We don't, we're, we're not the white shoe law firm that's going to run up a bunch of bills uh, staying at the Four Seasons. We're a little scrappy firm from Overland Park, Kansas, and we're just gonna we're just gonna get down to business here, uh, and so that all that estimates get thrown out the window. And plus, you looked at the contract and said, "How much could we possibly get out of this?" Shaded it south a little bit, and then put the number in the thing. That's not how this works. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So uh, fights on, fights on. They they usually. Usually, in a lawsuit, changing lawyers means that there's there's trouble, and I bet there was trouble between Skadnarps and Crytek. But usually, the case kind of falls apart a little bit while you're waiting for the other guys to get up to speed. Oh, they have hit the ground running. I wonder if they're listening to your show, man. You're a local boy. <laughs> Not really. I'm in Wichita. We're, know, we're in the little so, city. It, it sounds like you're pulling for Crytek on this. I want to fight, Jeff. I want to. I was I was a little disappointed. The fight's over. I thought the fight was going to be over because this is what I think is always going on. Skadden Arps was looking at it like I was, right? If we can't put a price tag on the case, what are we doing here, right? The the, the bond motion was an invitation, basically, to put a, for Crytek to put a price tag on the case. And Crytek, as we as I've thought from the beginning, was out for blood. You know, they, they wanted they wanted to put you know, put the screws to CIG because they feel wronged, and so there's not there's not really a price you can put on that. And I bet that caused some tension between Skadden Arps, the White Shoe Global Powerhouse Law Firm, who really just is in it for the cash. We have crappy ends. I, 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 go ahead. That's fine. The, the engine quality aside, this is about legal strategy. Crytek, Crytek had their, their goal was to to stick it to CIG. Skadden Arps is like, that's kind of dumb. You shouldn't do that. Let's just find out what kind of money we can make from this and walk away. Crytek is like, if you're not going to fight, I don't want you. Skadden was like, we don't want to fight. Crytek said, you're fired. Skadden says, okay. And then there's a scramble to find new lawyers. They found these guys. And in the space of a week or a couple weeks, came out and, and hit back. I mean, they, they they hit back, I think, pretty well. Uh, we'll see what the judge says. The judge may be sick of Crytek and just may rule against him and force a bond anyway. Because the one thing they did not address very well is all the monetary allegations that CIG put about how Crytek's about to go out of business. That got kind of skimmed over, but all that news is kind of old news now, too. It's a couple years old. So, you yeah. know, it might not be relevant anymore. Yeah, I, I don't think much about Crytek. I mean, they're... they're uh, I've I played some of their games and their engines, you know... I remember when Crisis came out, and man, this thing just locked up on my screen like crazy. I mean, it was just the crappiest thing ever. And, uh, uh, you know, I remember the whole thing about getting 64-bit to work and and how much they had to rework the, the code just to get that to to translate. Jeff, Jeff, I got to stop you there. I have to stop you. And you know why that is? Is because there, this was a big piece of what they were talking about. 
Crytek, when they went into this deal, the splash screen, they thought that Star Citizen was going to be a vehicle to show off the power and flexibility of CryEngine. Look, it's, we're just not a first-person shooter company anymore. We, we, you can make a space game with our engine. And we and they thought that that was what was going to happen. But after they went into the wild, they the Star Citizen team did nothing except complain about CryEngine. Oh, with good reason. They picked CryEngine. With good reason or not, that's Tony's point. They were supposed to be partnering, and they didn't partner. Instead, yeah. they they blamed them for problems and said, "We're going to use, we're going to ditch you and use the same thing from another provider." So you know, and that's what happened. They got the same thing from another provider. So to complain yeah. about CryEngine sucking and Star Citizen being awesome, and they're still using a flavor of CryEngine from Amazon? Nah, man, that doesn't that argument doesn't hold water, does it? I mean, think about it. Yeah, yeah. It's and and CIG chose CryEngine, and everyone at the and time kind of scratched their heads about that. They chose that partnership, yeah, they chose the to partnership. say we're going to we're going to do this together. So yeah. that makes sense. I, this is why Crytek feels the way they do. And again, as an attorney with my attorney hat on, I think it's dumb. I, I don't. I think if you're going to sue somebody, you know, you can do it for for great justice and and for for that kind of stuff. But I think you need to have a price tag going in. Like, how much money would it take for me to walk away from this? Put at least have a like in your head a round figure, so that when they come to you and say let's let's settle this like gentlemen, that you kind of have an idea where you want to go. I still think that's the smarter thing to do, but this just shows that that's not in Crytek's wheelhouse right now at least not at the moment not until they actually get into discovery and find out if there's any buried bodies there they appear at least uh, as of this filing the judge hasn't ruled yet and so if they if the judge does say you need to put up a bond of x amount of dollars we'll see if crytek want to wants to keep going after that we'll know if that was you know if, if there if it's a price they're willing to pay to get that cig well but we'll they can they can easily uh raise those funds i think uh, I, I think so too. I, I, I mean, think so too. Uh, if you look at if you look at the giant that you're going up against, and you look at the court case, like you're saying, where they have a hope in hell. Uh, I, I mean, getting borrowing that kind of money is not going to be that difficult, right? And the idea is that if you if no one is a, if no one's a prevailing party, if both sides get something right now, like, like I said, right now I think the score is tied at one one. The judge just doesn't award fees, and you just get that money back. Right. You know, Crytek, Crytek would just get that money back. It's only if CIG winds up being the prevailing party means that they substantially achieve all of their goals and Crytek substantially achieves none of their goals. It's 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 not quite that stark and there's balancing right. tests right. and there's a whole there's a whole nother set of evidentiary problems you have to sort through at the end of this to see quote who's the prevailing party. So it'd be a whole other phase of litigation. But but it's the with Crytek deciding that they want fairness, quote, fairness, not necessarily money, that puts the dimension, it changes the dimensions a little bit. They list all the things that they can ask the court to do if they prove their case, if they find facts and discovery and prove their case. They can ask the court to do that don't necessarily mean they win a lot of money, but they win all the points. They win all the things they were trying to do. They achieve their litigation objectives, which can make them the prevailing party, which might mean that CIG gets to pay for their lawyer fees. So there's that. So, which means we anyway, get to pay for their lawyer fees. Which means all the backers get to pay for the lawyer fees. Again, I'm not rooting. I don't, you know, I truly don't have a dog in the fight. I stopped giving money to CIG a long time ago. My, what my my quote investment in the game is over and done with. It's it's gone as far as I'm concerned. But the dog, but the fight to me is interesting. 
Uh, and I, uh, I'm interested to see how this turns out because it's going to have big implications for crowdfunding. It's going to have big implications for intellectual property. Uh, and I think it's, 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 it's fun to watch. And now that we're caught up on Space Sim News, let's get caught up on Space News with Galactic Public Radio. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on NC Times Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. Official verification of a private investigation results in the arrest of Admiral Frederick Yamamoto. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace and the Alios system. Thanks, Spencer. Wallglass Investigations Agency, a private detective bureau that caters to the rich and powerful, turned over details of an advanced political conspiracy to Alliance Interpol. The Wallglass report set out a complex web of financial ties and back-channel communications that connected corporate, military, and political figures, and directly identified Admiral Yamamoto. Also mentioned, but not identified by name, was a, quote, Bank of Zayance senior director, end quote. Wallglass was recently hired by Baroness Oksana Ambrose to expose her daughter, former Lady Talitha Ambrose, as the person responsible for the loss of the assets of the Ambrose Foundation. This time, the deep pockets funding the Wallglass report was Tajmira Silva, sister of assassinated Alliance presidential candidate Fasia Silva. Apparently rejecting official conclusions, Tajmira, now the CEO of Silva Holdings Incorporated, hired Wallglass to conduct her own investigation. In a statement to the media, Miss Silva had strong words for the disgraced admiral. Quote, he personally arranged to have Fasia killed during the presidential election campaign, presumably to remove her political threat to his friend, Gibson Kincaid. End quote. Alliance Interpol has confirmed that a, quote, professional assassin with a background in the Alliance Defense Force, end quote, murdered Fasia Silva. With encrypted communications records tying him to the assassin, Admiral Yamamoto has been stripped of command and detained pending trial. The Xeon's fleet has been placed under the joint command of the Council of Admirals, effectively removing President Gibson Kincaid from his temporary, and apparently unconstitutional, military role. While not an official conclusion of the Wallglass report, most commentators have used its findings to conclude that Kincaid's ultimate goal was to transfer the executive branch of the Alliance government from Alioth to Zeance. By physically relocating to the seat of his former governorship, Kincaid hoped to become the supreme ruler of the alliance. President Kincaid has not responded to requests for comment. From the Alioth system for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Smooth. Commander Nick Naylor has been declared persona non grata at Jameson Memorial after a serious violation of docking procedures. Commander Naylor's Beluga-class ship stayed inside the docking bay access tunnel for a longer than the approved period of time. Station personnel declined to comment on the record, but one officer told GPR, quote, Normally the station guns shred any ship who stays in the mail slot for too long. This Beluga tanked everything we could throw at it, and everything the cops threw at it too, and then everything the SWAT team threw at it. Then he jumped away from a standing start. It was crazy. End quote. Pilot Federation policy requires mandatory ship destruction if docking policies are violated. It is unclear as of this broadcast if a bounty will be issued on Commander Naylor. 
Finally, in local news, Guard Frequency Response has successfully taken over management of SharePop Hub in the Badejo system. However, shortly after GFR officially assumed control, the planetary base was attacked by the conservatives of Teliala. The independent dictatorship currently controls the systems of Vicandanigua and Anaranos. It has control of stations and three others. Associate Director Richard Clemens told GPR, quote, The surge of violence that has accompanied our new franchise office is regrettable. We believe that this latent unrest is why the people of the Badejo system invited our organization to compete for management contracts. We have every reason to believe things will settle down in the weeks to come. End quote. Until the next turn of the worlds for the Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night. I think I'll stop talking to you now. Dangerous. I'm such a nice guy. Oh, you are very nice. However, I've known nice people before, and they've done some very, very bad things. And then the interface shuts down and the, the tabletop sort of disappears. All right. Well, I'm going to be not going to say anything to the team at the moment because the computer can still hear me. So I'm going to take a look around the room and see if there's anything else I can discern. Aside from the power cable, the whole place is basically empty. What, what would I kill for a remote explosive right now? Um, <laughs> more of me to talk to Clev, dang it. All right. Uh, all right. Well, I bailed him. Okay. All right. And I put the bullets you, back in my clip. Okay, yeah, from the from your uh, uh, Jimmying attempt. All right, yes. so Akrosi, uh, I'm not going to make you roll because obviously you're going to roll a two. That's am that's I? Not, yeah, you're, okay. you're definitely going to roll a two. Uh, so you uh, uh, go to the, the the final building uh, again for the purposes of the narrative. Nobody's watching, and you uh, get the door open with the zero codes once again, and you go in there, and uh, basically it's the mess hall. It's, um, it's sandwiches, dude. Is there any uh, plates on the tables? Everyone kind of is anyone like in there eating and maybe not at their table? No, it, uh, it it's abandoned. It looks like uh, the, everything is sort of stacked and put away. It doesn't look like they're taking the dishes with them. Um, they're they're it's all just in, been sort of you know shut down and 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 organized nicely. I would like you. Um, I was going to say, I was going to go check the um, provisions and see if they look like normal army rations and okay. uh, uh, go ahead food. And, go ahead and roll a perception when you do that. Make sure the, the cook isn't a clone. <laughs> right. So the provisions look in order. Um, doesn't seem like there's anything amiss, anything extra. They're not Seems all secretly like, robots. Yeah. Uh, importantly, you know, for all the for all the rumors and things you've been hearing about things being sort of shipped in off world, this stuff appears bog standard Federation Army issued rations and, and supplies. So like the basics look official. It's all this other stuff that 
got brought in that seems unofficial to you. Okay. Uh, so that's the so this is uh this all what you would normally find for a platoon seems to yep. be what you'd normally find for a platoon. Uh, uh in that case, um now go ahead. Uh, so as you are looking through, as you're looking through the cabinets, though, uh, something does catch your eye, um, above the cabinet. And I want you to roll a systems check. It's weird. <laughs> I can, uh, add a plus two by using a karma. Oh, you have a karma ability. ability? What's that? Yep. Uh, skill boost just gives me a plus two to a not personal or vehicle skill. Well, I definitely think you should do that because it'll get you over a seven. I will do that. All right. So using the karma ability plus two to a skill check, you, in fact, uh, rolled an eight, which means that you look at that and that looks a hell of a lot like a security camera in the kitchen. I'm going to wave at the camera. The and camera then, um, does nothing. Okay. And then I'm going to um, turn around and look at the provisions and see if I can find um, a box of the... Uh, like the space Twinkies desserts that usually go with the army rations. There are, in fact, a box of space Twinkies there, right okay. next to the space Crisco. Yeah, exactly. You up, can pick up some Crisco for shit. <laughs> I'm going to open up the uh, space Twinkies and and take uh, four packs and kind of put it into my uh, pockets and you, look around and see if there's anything else. We you just are the, loot every place we go. <laughs> you are the proud owner of four packages of space Twinkies. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna seal the box back up. Of course. Oh, sure, sure, right. And then absolutely. I'll do I'll do a half salute at the camera. As if there's nothing else out of the ordinary, then I'll go back to the truck. Uh, go ahead and roll. Actually, before you leave. Okay. Before you leave, everyone else got a super secret, secret special surprise. Come on, man. These are full of drugs. Yeah, <laughs> these are pumped full of blue stabilizer. <laughs> nice. uh, uh I want you to roll a uh, a uh, a security check. Okay. And a five. Uh, so yep. it seems odd to you that there's a security camera in the kitchen. It's an yep. isolated outpost. The stuff in there is standard Federation issue. People aren't going to steal space Twinkies because you can have as many space Twinkies as you want. It's the 34th damn century. Yeah. I mean, that's why I took them because, you yeah. know, I know, yeah. I know you're supposed to do them. It strikes you as odd that there's a security camera in the kitchen. What's it pointing at? The the like the, the prep area. It seems odd. Yeah, does seem odd. Go ahead, uh, roll an insight for me now. Okay, with a plus two for military. Okay. Oh, okay. Because it's stuff with military. You have military yeah. experience. Okay. So, um, typically, where there's one camera, there's more. Yeah. You don't just hang one camera. So do I see any at? others? You want to go look? Yeah. Perception. Yeah. You don't spot any more cameras. Okay. But you do spot a. Um, for lack of a better word, a motion detector. And that motion detector is uh, pointed basically at the front door. The one I came in. The one you came in. Okay. All right. And um, go ahead and do one more check for me. Go ahead and do a... uh, Let's see. You are a logistics expert. So I think you should definitely roll a, a trading. I want you to roll a trading. All right, that was a. I have to flip my. That was a seven. seven. So, in your experience, uh, if people want to watch the mess hall, if people are it, the mess hall is a place that, especially in a small outpost like this, it's only busy at certain times of the day, predictable right. times of the day, and other times of the day it should be empty. 
and unobserved and quiet and ignored. But this one appears to not be. It appears that someone may be taking advantage of people taking advantage of it should be being ignored. The, um, the, uh, are there any cables uh, going from the camera anywhere? You do not observe that. Okay. If, if, it's, if it's transmitting, it's transmitting wirelessly. Okay. So uh, with that, uh, you, uh, you leave the, you leave the uh, uh, premises there? Yeah, with my Twinkies. With your Twinkies. All right. So we have uh, the addition of Twinkies. You should have looked at the camera and said, open the pod bay doors, Hal. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, interesting that you mentioned Hal. All right. So you got, uh, we have we have uh, Twinkies and hidden cameras. We have a computer who's curious and now incommunicative. We have grenades uh, and a room full of missiles and huge guns. And we have sneaky private Sneaky pants uh, in the comm center. All right. So these are the four things you discovered on your little walkabout. You All meet, right. uh, I suppose, feel free to tell me that you don't do this, back sort of in the courtyard area near the building where uh, Vallis and uh, Colonel Mandon um, went in. Is that- yeah, I'm going to go back and lean up against the back of the buggy that I was kind of staying in. And then as everyone else walks up, I'm going to open up one of my packs of Twinkies and eat one. <laughs> All right. Everybody everybody observes the consumption of the space Twinkie. I found some uh, Twinkies. Did you guys find anything? Sweet. No, yeah, I found a completely illegal sapient artificial intelligence. That, I found uh, explosives. <laughs> maybe it was just a really convincing chatbot. That's a bit of a stretch based on a quick conversation. I've seen them do amazing things with like AIML, and now they've got this awesome... Uh, Google stuff. I don't know, man. Shut up. I call it AI. <laughs> Maybe you want to meet it and talk to it a little more first. Uh, it, it, but hey, you know what? Everybody's been tipped off that we're leaving because some dude sent an emails to some chick uh, about us abandoning, about the whole place abandoning base. So the secret is out. Uh, well, I found explosives. Those look nice. Uh, did you find anything like bigger than a grenade? Yeah, I talked to you about it over our comms. Oh, that's right. Something <laughs> about a big laser that you wouldn't get for me. That's right. <laughs> He's so bitter. tell us about this computer. Why do, do uh, those are completely illegal? Do you you think they're trying to abandon the base to get away from it, or to leave it in a position where it just has its own base and can be alone? Yeah, uh, that would be the conspiracy theory. Yeah, it, it, it's the one in control. But who the hell knows, right? With those things, you. I, I, I've heard that the things can go bad with them, but uh, but that doesn't explain the um, the colonel, right? Like, why would the colonel? Maybe it's blackmailing the colonel into the building, building up its infrastructure and leaving it here. Yeah, and he's calling Vallis because he's scared and he can't call anybody else. It makes sense. Yeah, but what is its what is its plan afterwards? Hire a bunch of mercenaries to guard it here. Well, there were some cameras in the mess hall, so maybe it's uh, like some super secret culinary AI. Culinary AI. <laughs> Thousand and one MRE it'll... recipes. Yeah. You know, you know, when I was in the ROTC, when you mixed up the chocolate powder and the peanut butter and a little bit of water, you made a hell of a pudding. So, you know, there's some experiment that you could do. Yeah, it's all about uh, improving the uh, morale of the soldiers here. <laughs> so there's an idea. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I like Twinkies, man. 
<laughs> Obviously. Who doesn't? All right. So, so we need to tell Valis all this stuff because we, we don't really want to make any. She's probably got more information now that she's talked to Dude. So Colonel Dude. What's his name? Colonel? Colonel, Colonel Mandon. Colonel Mandon. So now that those two have had their little uh, uh, time together, we'll be able to find out more from her once we tell her what we found, too. So I think we should try to regroup with her. Is that possible? I she's think we in should, the uh, Wait. But how are we going to convey this before we have to head out? Send her a comm, see if uh, they're finished with their conversation or if she wants us to wait out here by the buggies. She turned her comms off, though, didn't she? Well, I mean, there's no longer an open channel. Can we send her like an email that they won't see? You can, I mean, there's the the 34th equivalent of a text message, sure. Yeah, that would be great. (laughs) Okay, you can do that. Well, if hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, before we start sending out digital communications, there is a potentially super intelligent, I'm just theorizing here, sapient AI in the building over there that could potentially <laughs> monitor your your, 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 uh, your communication. <laughs> Perhaps analog is a better <laughs> scenario. The, you want the, us to it's, send smoke signals? <laughs> No, I'm saying just wait for her to come out here and talk to her in person. Hopefully it, she's not dead. It, it te- is the text message now off the table, or are we still doing text message? Can we I do think we should code? text her, and it should be like, hey, we wanted to chat with you about something cool we found in the kitchen, cucumber sandwich recipe. I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know, but it should be something that gets her out here so we can talk in person without digital snooping. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got the text message. Just send her a message and say red, we're finished. Red, with red the, found a uh, red found Crisco in the kitchen, and it's one of those kinds of situations. <laughs> okay, maybe we should just text her the word Ollie, and she'll come out. Because <laughs> she'll she'll know that's like okay, come talk to us. Because that was her code, so she'll know we're trying to say something without saying something. It'll be very specific without being specific. Uh, or maybe that's a bad idea. So what's the, it, I don't know how Ollie would be interpreted, honestly. Well, she she tried to get her friend's attention with it. Yeah. So that's all. And I'm just trying to think of something. But that's like a friend say. or foe kind of thing, right? I just want to say something that says come out here without saying, hey, come out here so we can tell you about the crazy robot um, intelligence in the garage and the dude sending Gmails that's going to get everybody uh, busted for having the super robot. Maybe uh, just ask so. if they're done with the conversation and see if she wants us to wait by the buggies or come meet her. All right, I'm just going to text her, y'all done? Yeah. That's all I'm going to text her. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, bitch, y'all done y'all yet? Done. All right, so the text message that goes from Ale's handcom into the ether, and then presumably, hopefully, to Valis's handcom is, y'all done? Question mark? <laughs> Is there a question mark at the end of that? There's a question mark. Okay. And a smiley right. face emoji. <laughs> Y'all done question mark. Smiley face 34th century emoji. All right, good well, enough. That's communicated so, nothing of this information that we need. <laughs> well, y'all are going to talk about it for an hour, and it's midnight. So I texted her. So, y'all done? As Henry hits send, the air raid warning goes off, and every soldier in the place that. locks and loads and points their guns at the sky. Okay, buddy. What's on your mind? We're all friendly! So let's just be friendly! 
some say he claimed in a scratchy voice that he's just a little horse. Others say he's just full of it. But all I know is he's called the Shiv and he helped put together this week's feedback. Community questions this week. Want us to cover any of the shows we talked about in Flight Deck, like Between the Stars, Outer World, Other Worlds, or Outer Star Bases? Sean Newboy writes in, Wonderful show, everyone. All the games you mentioned. So he wants to hear about everything. So we're going to have a new Sean Newboy News Hour. That's our new podcast. Sean Newboy, you're welcome to come on and produce that if we want to cover all those games. But we'll, we'll get to them from time to time. I Actually, I saved the list from last time, and so I'll, we'll know to check in on those every so often. So we'll, we'll keep tabs on them for you. Ken from Chicago writes in, and it's a, it's a long one this week. I don't know if it's as long as last week, though, but it's still a good one. Uh, he writes in and says, community question number one. Yes, those games sound like fun to play while Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen continue development toward their absolutely guaranteed 2020 releases, this time for sure. Okay, we have to stop here for just a second. Elite will be out in 2020 because, as we mentioned earlier, if you don't hit those milestones, they're sort of like stock and financial market repercussions if you don't meet your goals as stated. And if you don't meet your goals or stated or not going to, you have to announce it ahead of time so that your stock price isn't manipulated and stuff. So Elite Dangerous being a publicly owned company, high degree of confidence that there's going to be something in 2020 for us on that. Star Citizen, not publicly owned? Eh, who knows? Doesn't mean we'll get what we want for Elite or what we're promised That's true. or what we're expecting or what they're even actually working on because we saw them work on carriers we didn't get. Yeah, you're right, yeah. because if past indications go, no matter what you do, it's going to change on you and they're going to charge you more money. But the thing about Elite is they're not publicly saying what they're going to deliver in 2020, so the release date's still real, but we don't know what we're going to get. I know what we're getting. It just occurred to me. New, like, multiplayer missions? We'll get some new of those? I was thinking, you know, next they're going to redo the Aurora, and they're going to charge us another $60 for it to have a bed. Oh, we'll hold that thought, because Ken from Chicago continues. Uh. Community question number two. Who the frell wastes time counting threads in their bed sheets? Your life is seriously messed up if it's come to that. Oh, I don't know. It's pretty important, Jeff, don't you think? I, it's absolutely important. When you get to be the immortal age, <laughs> <laughs> thread count matters. <laughs> <laughs> he said your life is seriously messed up, so I guess immortal equals seriously messed up. General feedback, uh, wow, so much reversal fortune. Hashtag Henry was wrong in guessing I'd resorted to base flattery to get my whole comment read. Uh-oh. True or false? Aren't the few times Tony was right entertaining? Ouch. When did that aren't happen? The many times, oh. Aren't the many times Tony was wrong also entertaining? Oh. <laughs> Doesn't the show not have awesome co-hosts with unique perspectives? Isn't the reason the show is so good due in large part to the interactions of the host, the occasional guest, and the audience? I submit to you that it is mere flattery if it is not true. What I stated was etched in stone truth, the defense rests. He does make good points. Yeah, but, but notice he did not reiterate the Johnny Carson and Abraham Lincoln comparisons, oh, yeah. which is what I was looking for in this, but uh, hey, but we'll move on. We'll next move on. week you'll be John F. Kennedy, maybe yeah, Jesus. And, you know, Neil Armstrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, just you know, if he wants his comment on the air, yeah, probably. Hashtag Brian was wrong in categorizing new items in the Star Citizen cash shop as only cosmetic. Only after cross-examination by Tony Hunter Esquire did Brian confess that they weren't quite all only cosmetic. Hashtag Tony was right. His exact uh, words were, all the ones I told you about so far were cosmetic. <laughs> like, all the ones you told us so far, Mr. Ken Shadow. Care Tony, to elaborate on that, sir? Tony yeah. just had this grin was like, right, that's what I'm saying, right. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Uh, hashtag Jeff was right as usual because he cool like that. See, that's the best part. That's the best part. <laughs> 
It's also the shortest paragraph in the whole feedback. Uh, speaking of reversal of fortunes and almost only cosmetic items, why? Why would you do this, CIG? You had a pretty good run there. Most of the players rejected the smear piece done by Forbes. The space bike has mostly positive reviews. Tony, who has been critical of CIG's management and their handling of legal issues, cited against their opponent in the lawsuit, and 3.5.1 finally released. Uh, just a clarification, I didn't side with them. I just pointed out that they had done a very competent job of putting their case forward on the on the bond thing. They did good on that one. Then Crytek answered, and they did good too, so fight's on. So why add boosts, aka almost only cosmetic items, to the cash shop before making them available within game currency? It's the exact kind of thing folks grasp at to reignite the pay-to-win embers. Yet another CIG unforced error, because self-own will never be a thing here in the States, Tony. Stop it, just stop. At least it's not as bad as pay streams. Also, the Origin Free Fly celebration is cool. No, it's not self-own, it's own goal. And it's a, it is a soccer reference, so I get why that would be do that. So the link he put in there is Star Citizen for Elite Dangerous Commanders by a uh, YouTube guy, Dig That, who has probably one of the best radio voices in YouTube. All right, thanks, Ken. Good feedback. Silver Wolf writes in and says, Another great show, lads, though I think we're all missing the RPG segment at this point. What happens with those grenades? It's a surprise. Will the Amazonian love interest blossom? Not really a love interest. Does the AI spell the beginning of Armageddon? uh, You have to listen to find out. I know what happens. Shh. The audience awaits with bated breath. In more serious news, I'm torn on the news of the additional items selectable when purchasing ships. Cosmetic stuff, 100% who cares? And a good way to keep those things funded long term. Hell, we should have spacesuits and clothing options in the cash store as well for the same reason. I, I agree. The guns, however, it's very hard to make the argument that Star Citizen was not already paid to win, considering the sheer scope of the ships available. And if the pricing on these guns had been balanced in such a way that buying a 300 series with weapon upgrades worth $100 USD puts it on par for combat potential with a base Hornet also worth $100 US dollars, then in realistic terms, EI is literally just giving backers more options on how they spend their dollars. And I think that was the point you were making earlier, Jeff. Is it is. You thought you were buying this stuff already with your three hundred fifty. Right, your exactly. And that's and that's how it was presented to me too. You know, you got your base three hundred, and if you wanted the interceptor, you go to the three fifteen, and then if you wanted the interdictor, you go to the three twenty five, and if you wanted to go out all full blown race, which is what I was hoping to do with it, you got this top of the line dual engine monstrosity that was mainly just. A, a racer. I don't see this as a win for CI on this. There's going to be some blowback. I hope there's blowback. Well, there is. We're part of it. He continues, however, said balance in a game of this scope is very hard to attain. And what concerns me is the potential for someone to spend 100 US dollars on a 300 series that will wipe the floor with a Hornet of the same value. At the end of the day, only playtesting is going to determine if the concern is borne out or if, as is their nature, the community is blowing the whole thing out of proportion. Looking at you, Tony, wink. Wink? The only other point is how this affects LTI and CCUs. If you upgrade an LTI ship and the upgrades are covered under the LTI pledge store not in-game, then all good. If, however, this is working similar to the Vanguard BUKs did, where only the base ship is covered by the LTI, that's going to become a PR nightmare for CI down the road. Similar goes for how the CCU process functions. As long as they've written the CCU coding to handle, accept, and the increased value of said package, 
package into its CCU availabilities, we're good. But human error dictates that the potential is there for people to CCU from an upgraded ship to a larger one and effectively lose the cash spent on said upgrades. And we all know CI's history for PR shenanigans. Time will tell. Gotta say though, with the new 300 series rework, I'm extremely tempted to repurchase my 350R and try to set it up as a speedy interceptor. There's just something about the dual tailpipe silhouette that speaks to me. Looking forward to more Prowler updates. What dual tailpipe silhouette? Yeah. They got rid of it, didn't they? I mean, it looks just like the single engine. They split the output, but the the ASM looks like every other 300. So the upgrade thing, we're still having some fun at their expense about the whole, you know, pay to win and extra money thing and, and that kind of thing. They will have a real problem when they try to integrate the whole lifetime insurance, all this kind of stuff, and CCs, all these things that Silver, Silver World's talking about. This is a problem of their own making, and the only way to fix it is to say, designate a time when they're not going to wipe the servers anymore, and whatever you got on your ship then, there's your base for the insurance. They're just going to have to designate a time and say, what you got now, that's covered by insurance, we're moving on. That is the only way to fix this. They have so many different channels and ways, and if you bought it at this time on the Kickstarter, or that time after Kickstarter, then you got an LTI on it, then you didn't, and you upgraded to a ship that didn't have LTI, and you melted this and you sold that. It's just stupid at this point. So they just need to say do whatever you want to guys and on the day that we decide that the servers aren't going to be reset anymore, that's the day we're taking for in-game insurance money and just go from there. There is no way to uncluster all this. And on to general feedback, Nimmo writes in and says, hey, just wanted to throw out there that there's as much mentioned cheat tool isn't the only way to update your HUD colors. There's a profile tool created by Dr. Kai called ED Profiler, and he gives a link, uh, which will be in our show notes, can also be used to update your HUD colors without needing to run software from potentially questionable source. Otherwise, your show is, as always, a good listen. Well, thanks, Nimmo. Um, but I do want to mention, I have used this tool before and played with it before and it's it is an excellent tool for uh, saving profiles like I'm using my VR headset now I want to go triple monitor I'm doing single monitor and and switching between video output and stuff like that the tool that includes there for HUD color changes is the one that's commonly in use and not a cheat where you're going in and changing the color scale it's the color scale thing and that you see that on YouTube all the time like the HUD is entirely blue but then the radar colors change too you know hostile targets are now purple and uh friendly targets are white. What the other hack does is lets you change the element colors individually. And as Lennon pointed out, that's probably post-rendering, right? It's the game engine renders the game, throws it to your screen. The hack comes on and says, ah, that thing that was going to be purple is now blue. And it switches it that way. Whoever created that hack ought to just put out a HUD changer. It's still a hack. It doesn't change the fact that it takes the output of the game and does something to it before it puts it up on the screen, which would be the kind of the definition Yeah, but of is it. that really a hack or is that just a app that... Technically, it's a hack. The example that somebody gave to me is that it's like being in a first-person shooter and putting up a visual filter that cuts off all the trees. So no one can hide behind trees anymore, right? I see. That's the analogy. It's not exactly good and elite because we're mostly in space. You could have a hack that takes out all the asteroids, so no one can hide behind asteroids. I mean, that'd be analogous. It's one of those things where, like we talked about, it's frustrating that someone has solved a problem, namely colorblind access uh, and HUD customization, that everyone thinks you should have in a game, but your game doesn't have. Well, Star Citizen doesn't have it either, and it's one of the things I write in constantly about on their forums. In certain situations, I want to see auto-adjustments. I turn into the sun, and I get 
this big lens flare and suddenly I can't see crap. But that's gameplay, Jeff. No, that this is this is this <laughs> it's is the 300... 29th century. Damn it! Yeah, exactly. You know what it is, Tony. Elite Dangerous. They're too busy catching and banning players for cheating to work on the HUD colors. Right. That's exactly what's happening. Too busy banning them. I can buy household windows right now that when the when the sunlight hits them, they darken themselves. That's, that, that's point. current yeah. technology. My glasses yeah. do that. Uh, moving on. Wereshul says, I can't say great show this week. I have no complaints about the content that was there. In fact, it was excellent. But two Guard Frequency podcast minus two RPG segments equals one crummy show. Give us some RPG. Those grenades aren't going to throw themselves. P.S. Here's to Mike's speedy return. Uh, yes, we'd like to have Mikey back, but you know, work is going to consume him for the next few weeks. And hopefully you enjoyed the RPG segment. We did meet and record another segment, so there's another six, seven episodes in the can ready to go. Uh, so you will find out what happened to those grenades-ish. No promises, no guarantees, no ETAs. Things happen. And you had fun, Henry, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought right. it was a great time. It's all right. It'll be good, clean fun when it comes out. You'll like it. And it's time for that Patreon announcement, which there is no announcement. But Tony has something to say. And this week's community question. Are you rushing out to buy a new 300 with all the fixins? How about a Stadia Founders Pack? And otherwise, how was the show? How many commas did we miss during the Flight Deck segment? Should we burn our briefs and start over? Drop us an email, a tweet, or comment on our show post, which you can find on our website and look us up on Discord. And that brings us to the end of episode 263 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 264 on June 18th, 2019. So be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Copy Pasting for Valis Lowmaster, our artist, Ben Sanderclaws, and of course, our audio engineer, Hit Squad, Mikey, Lennon, and Bill Hardy. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Jeff has words to say about the 300 we worked in Star Citizen. I'm going to do that again. Some say he claimed in a scratchy voice that he's an impregnant... What? Okay. Some say he claimed in a scratchy voice that he's an impregnated surrogate for a mare. Others say he's just full of it. Foul. Or just full of it. And some say he was feeling a little hoarse, but the main thing we know is he's called the shiv and he'll put together this week's feedback. We promise not to shoo in any more horse jokes. Oh, boy. Okay, see, see the problem. See, no, the, I tell you, the, my the problem this week. The, <laughs> shiv writes so Jeff, jokes like a champion thoroughbred. Just... Oh. So he really brought he, that one across the finish line. So, so he. So I have a few things. Come on, I have hit some your notes. stride. I have some notes. I didn't edit this. All right, I just read it as written because Shiv complained too much about me editing. But let me just walk you through what I might have done with my red pen if I. So he broke the formula, right? So he's like, "There's so many. There's extra things in there." He he messed with the formula. That's that's a no no. And then he added another joke at the end, right? Okay, so that would have gotten cut too. He would have had to pick one or the other. Right. 
Uh, so, Henry, you want to say something? Maybe this was written for your editing pen, and if he puts in three jokes, you'll leave him one. And if he writes it in a paragraph, you'll only take out the ones he mentioned to. Maybe he's just learned how to play Tony's game. But I didn't play the game. That's the problem. That's the the problem is I didn't play it. So here's what I'll do. Here's I will edit it now and reread it real quick. Okay. Beep, beep. 